Hey folks, today's podcast isn't the most exciting one ever, probably not even the most inspiring, but I think it might be the most important one we've ever done. Uh, as usual, we gave ourselves about an hour to prepare for it, which wasn't nearly enough. And afterwards, we were both kicking ourselves because we thought of a lot of names that should have been included in this podcast. And you'll see what I'm talking about later. But maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you should have been mentioned in this podcast. And for that, I really am sorry. If you are someone or know someone who ought to have an honorable mention, maybe you can get with me and we can really do as I talked about and start some sort of memorial for these people. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on the website, a podcast about Catholic things.com. Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic Things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And what a what a great day. I mean... Are, are we about to see some common sense out of the court? I don't... It seems like it. But, you know, on the other hand, so... Not that anyone doesn't already know, but supposedly... A draft of the opinion has been, quote, leaked, and it's looking like this June, Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Yeah, unless one of, because we know, um, we know how Alito and, um, Thomas would, would vote on an, on an opinion like this. We know that Roberts, uh, the, you know, traitor that he is would turn against it. And what we, and, and we know, of course, the, um, the other, the, the three liberal judges, uh, who is it? Sotomayor, um, Byers, and who's the other one? Um, I don't know. Anyway, they, we, we know what they, what they would do, but the Trump appointees, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and, uh, Amy, um, yeah, Barrett. Barrett. Well, each one of them, Ought to go along with with what seems to be confirmed as Alito's um, opinion, the the written opinion that was leaked. Yeah, any one of them could flop, though. They they haven't proven themselves. They haven't been tested in fire. We don't know how strong they are. Yeah. So it, and we can't count that as money in the bank, so to speak. They the way we can with with Alito and Thomas, who we know are rock solid in their integrity as justices. And, you know, on top of all that, um, this is a serious matter. Uh, this is, this is much more serious than slavery was when, right before the Civil War. I think it is anyway. Yes. There's a lot yes, of money. Without a doubt. There's a lot of money going on here. And there's a lot of money that depends on this. And I, I don't see it out of the realm that one of these justices are, uh, assassinated oh they may be approached right some kind of payoff or whatever or just killed why not uh, or killed right hire an assassin I mean, because so you know then it it puts it were then it puts it at a tie until they're replaced which they'll be replaced oh, by the biden right but yeah the 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 one i was trying to think of is uh, now wait a minute who who did biden uh just replace 
Uh, I don't remember. Because, because you know, it's that black judge that he said, oh, we're going to appoint her because she's a woman and, a, and she's black. Yeah. Um, which, and then in spite of their, I'm sure there are plenty of black qualified women he picked, uh, you know, I guess the only qualification was, was that she has to be at least as cognizant as he is. Um, <laughs> you know, know. which is isn't she? saying much these days for Biden. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's, I think a dolphin is as cognizant as Biden is these days. <laughs> what was that? Was that a dolphin? <laughs> I thought, I thought Danny was marching into a monologue, so I thought, ooh, I can freshen my coffee real quick, which I should have oh, done already. Sorry. So, as you I'm leaving, it up by doing a dolphin I made invitation. a dolphin sound. Like, ee, 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 because, here's the thing, uh, this is dumb, but there, uh, there's a Spongebob episode where he learns a bad word, and every time he says the bad word, they do the dolphin sound. So, he'd say, oh, okay. Mr. Krabs is a big, smelly, ee, ee, ee. And then okay, I see. Uh, so we were all we've all been talking about this uh, episode for the past two days in my house and doing <laughs> dolphin sounds every time. And you mentioned Joe Biden so being the smaller, son is smarter like the than bleep. a dolphin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the one where SpongeBob says escalator, escalator, escalator. <laughs> Anyone who saw that would laugh. If you didn't see it, you'd think it's dumb. So, whatever. I've never seen an episode of SpongeBob. Sorry. There's something wrong with you. I, you have yeah, kids have that are my kids' intact. ages. I'm sorry. Your kids were watching Big Bang Theory while mine were watching SpongeBob. I don't think most of my kids watched Big Bang Theory. Yes, they did. And while your kids were watching SpongeBob, like, isn't that just a few years ago? That's the Big Bang Theory. That was yesterday, yeah. My kids always watch SpongeBob, even though they're like in their twenties. Oh, my, none of my kids watch Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, they might have. They have I don't Big think Bang T-shirts. Have seen the whole thing, huh? They have Big Bang T-shirts. So what? That's because they're funny. They're only funny if you've seen the show. <laughs> no, they're funny. I mean, there's there's like one or two episodes you can see to pick up on the character of the show. That makes the t-shirts funny. Alright. And maybe it's that way with Spongebob too, I don't know. Spongebob is funnier than Big Bang. Okay, maybe it is. I I, I have to admit that I cannot formulate a judgment about that because I've never You're seen right. Spongebob. I've seen both. Spongebob is funnier than Big Bang. Mom hates both of them. Both. I know. Um, anyway, we're way off topic here. Uh, <laughs> Biden is... At least as smart as a dolphin, and probably almost as smart as Spongebob. Probably. <laughs> okay, probably. When he's, when he's, uh, um, when he's with it, you know, he has those... He has his moments, yeah, yeah. He, he has a non-senior moment. Yeah, and so then he's almost as smart as Spongebob. He could probably cook a hamburger, <clears throat> but um, not much more. Anyway, right. he's picking our justices, so if one of our justices no. is assassinated, he's going to pick the, the whoever replaces him. Yeah, and that's my point, is that when he picks a justice, I think his only criterion is that, other than being black and a woman, the justice has to be at least as smart as he is, which isn't saying a whole lot. Mm -hmm. 
Because we could have a Supreme Court filled with a bunch of SpongeBob's. Well, I don't think that'd be too bad. I, I would think go that'd for be that. better than what we currently I'm have. I'm sure that SpongeBob <laughs> is pro-life. Actually, I, I don't hear know. He's gay now. I, I don't. The all the cartoon makers have gone full gay. So you know, oh, even yeah. Blue's Clues has has a yeah partial like cartoon. Yeah, it's terrible. I know that's awful, disgusting. It's kind of gross. I I just download all the early versions of all these cartoons and keep them on my hard drive so that you know if my grandkids come over or something, okay, here you can watch this. I've got something clean to watch. Yeah. But um, anyway, so the this draft supposedly leaked out, but I don't yeah, I don't think it did. I think that's true. Because I think the Supreme Court does try to keep a tight um you know, seal on its in um deliberations until it's time. Because justices do change their minds. Now, the the question is who leaked it. And why? And I think, um, I, I don't know, it's, it could be that somebody who's like a liberal clerk or something leaked it, wanting to sort of fan the flames of protest in order to bring pressure on the three who have not been tested in fire. That would so that make one sense. of them make flip-flop. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're really at so, the point we were... Last week. It's just now we've got this weird little glimmer of hope that uh, makes you want to go, you know, dance in the streets. Yeah, but it is yeah, hope. I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's hope, and it's it's uh, it's the thing is, it's like because I I listened to a different podcast earlier today where somebody was reading. The, some of the paragraphs as reported by Politico, to, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the rag, the news rag or whatever to whom I guess it was leaked. And I guess that, that they haven't published the whole thing. They've just published some of the paragraphs maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the paragraphs that are there, it's like this sort of realization that the, at least Justice Alito and certainly, uh, Clarence Thomas, at least really get it. They understand the idiocy of Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And they're, it's, they're not just saying, you know, and, and they're not beholden to some kind of, uh, weird, uh, like, like the court tried to do, uh, and, and make it sound reasonable in, uh, uh, Casey, where they, um, they basically said, yeah, we probably got Roe wrong, but the more important thing is to preserve the uh, the appearance of nobility of the court by being consistent in our rulings and not overturning ourselves. Yeah. Which, I mean, talk about stupid. It's clear that Alito and Thomas do not share that view. Yeah. And so I think it's exciting. I mean... It, whether or not it ends up being the final real majority, whether a majority gets onto it, I think it's going to go out there as an opinion, even if only a minority sign onto it. It's going to, and it's, and it's scathing. So it'll be out there and it'll be there for Americans to read. Right. Um, and it's, I, okay. So if this goes down the way we want it to go down, um, 
I, I would say it's almost miraculous. I mean, look who's in control of the White House right now. Right. You've got Biden in control of the White House. You've got a slim, but nonetheless, majority Democrat in control of both houses of Congress. And, and under that administ- kind of and administration. And we got a really weak bunch of saps. You know, the, the, the Republicans that are there, they're terrible. I, that's the oh, only yeah. thing I could say about them. They're really bad people. Yeah, that actually that to, to call the Democrat majority slim is not quite true because so many of the Republicans in in both houses are uh, rhinos. Yeah, Mike DeWine is running for governor in Ohio again. Oh my! If he wins, that just kind of proves to me that that this is fixed because he's got to be the most hated man in Ohio. You've got another guy who's who's running for governor, real pro life guy uh, that's been racking up the. Well, I I he's probably really pro life. I haven't looked into him, but I've been getting text messages from his campaign office or whatever, yeah. showing how he's racking up the uh, the credentials with the various pro life endorsements. That's probably who I voted for. I don't know. I I downloaded the Cincinnati Right to Life paper. Oh, okay. And just, when yeah, it, and just went in. And the only reason I voted at all is to get rid of DeWine. DeWine. But I, I <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't have a whole lot of trust in the vote itself. In the so system at all. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So what we'll the see. Heck? We'll see. It. I, I know that the power of incumbency is is uh, pretty strong in every election, even when the incumbent is a complete idiot. Yeah, but this this man is hated. Nobody likes him. The. The Democrats, hmm. I, he's a Democrat. Obviously. I mean, the Democrats yeah. don't like him because he's a Republican, and the Republicans hate him. So if he ends up winning again. I just, that proves or if he that ends up, fixed. even if he ends up getting the uh, nomination, yeah. if he ends up just winning the primary, yeah. that'll be some kind of clue that something's shady in the polling. Yeah. It was like Joe Biden winning the presidency. I mean. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the fact that we're overrun with really bad people running almost everything in the country, and somehow we're able to get this uh, overturned, to me, is a show of God's power. It really is miraculous. Yeah, there's just... It's amazing to me, and it's a it's one of those things that make you realize, you know, it doesn't really matter how bad it seems. Um, if God wants to change it, He can change it. Yeah, but you know, there could be. Uh, you know, I, I'm in my second time through the Old Testament. Yeah, and there was that uh, that king who was like like. One of the final kings of Judah, perhaps the final king of Judah, but um, he's the one who um, who found the law. Who, you know, his his guys were working on restoring the temple. They found the law, and he restored the mosaic practices. Um, and because he did, and because he kind of like became, you know, like like uh, shocked, like wow, look at all the stuff that we are supposed to be doing that we're not. Look at all the ways we're offending God that we should have been staying away from all this time. And so he repented of that and got the whole country to repent with them. Well, God didn't say, oh, great, now that you've repented, I'm going to preserve Judah 
the, uh, against the kingdom of Judah against exile. Instead, he said, because you've repented, I'm going to delay the exile until you pass away so that you don't have to witness it. Huh. So I, there's a, there's a certain, it's like, okay, this would be great and it would really like make it look like, okay, we're starting to turn things around. We've got this victory. There's a lot of work ahead of us, but it's always possible that it could be that, yeah. that kind of a situation for our country. There could be people right. alive today that God's saying, Hey, I want to reward you with this little bit of, you know, reprieve in your lifetime, but, but forget America's it. still headed, you know, yeah, down the tubes. It's been my opinion for the past uh, year that if the Supreme Court does their job, um, America can be turned around. And if they don't do their job, America won't be turned around. But uh, as you said, you know, that's not, that's up to God, not us. Um, of course, if, I mean, if we're talking in strictly secular terms, um, if we can turn abortion around, we can turn the rest of this stuff around, like free market and uh, just, you know, general medical freedom, things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I really do believe that America's future rests on God's goodwill. Yeah, yeah. And let's suppose, I mean, let's fantasize for a minute. Okay, June rolls around and the vote, the, the court votes exactly the way we hope. And the majority opinion comes out exactly the way it was leaked with, you know, a few minor edits, whatever. Um, and effectively, we are now in a post-Roe America. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, obviously, yes, celebrate the, in the streets and and so forth. But... I think that if if something like that happens, it would have to be kind of a, um, as Catholics, we would have this sense. As Protestants, I don't know if they would get it or not. But it would be like, okay, what we have to do is get all of the churches to have a mass that is maybe two different masses. But I'm thinking a mass that is first a mass of thanksgiving for this victory. Yeah. And then... At the very same time, um, a mass that is a petition for, excuse me, for the willpower to keep going forward in the fight. Because now all it did is change the character of the fight. Now the fight is local. Yeah. Give me one second here. Play with your headphones? No, I am looking for a quote. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you know, while you're looking, I'll point out that, that there's a danger uh, to be recognized too, um, because as the fight for abortion and for rights of the unborn turns local, a lot of people who have been fighting and have been working hard at the national level, um, obviously, you know, a lot of them, their attentions are going to turn the, the nature of, um, the work is going to change, at least politically speaking. And because this this is kind of like the the weird um fault of the catholic system at least as it is in the world today because there is such a thing as a national conference of bishops the usccb and so the american bishops when it comes to politics they only think nationally they don't think locally because all of their money as a group that they get from the government 
is national money, not state money, not local charities, not local uh, governments. So government-wise, they only think national. So every bit of influence that they have is going to be at the national level, and their influence is always the wrong direction in the liberal direction. And so there's a real possibility of losing the ground at the national level that we need to keep when the fight turns local, at least from the Catholic perspective. In Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address, he described the uh, the horror of the war and the fact that mm-hmm. so many people died. And he also talked about how much America, how much wealth we accumulated on the backs of slaves. Oh, right. And he said, yet if God wills that it continue until all the wealth be... He's talking about the 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 war that... The, the war scourge itself. of war that seems mm-hmm. to keep living on. He says, yet if it wills God... Uh, Yet if God wills that it continue until all the wealth piled by the bondsman's 250 years of unrequited uh, toil shall be sunk, and until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword, as was said 3,000 years ago, so still it must be said, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Yeah, wow. Um, what if Powerful we words. have to spill blood in payment for all the blood spilled in abortion mills. It will swamp the 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 wealth and the blood and the injustice um that yeah. we would have uh you know owed owed reparations for from the days of slavery. Yeah. I mean this I mean, is day, our days of slavery would be a drop in the bucket if we were called as a nation to answer for the crimes of abortion. Right. And so while I think that America, if uh, if we can get rid of Roe v. Wade and begin state by state to change them to the right, um, I think that's possible. And I think it'll happen and I think it'll save America. But I, I don't, don't think that we can leave th- this unpaid. I think it'll lead to a civil war. Yeah, me too. Or at least Maybe something worse, close to it. Worse. Something worse. Yeah, I than, mean... I'm not quite, I don't know what it would be, but I think it'll be bad. And I think a lot of people are going to have to suffer. And I think rightly so. Yeah. But I, we still have to keep pushing in that direction. Um, and, you know, as we do that, um, you know, I, another thing that occurs to me is that I had been saying if, if Trump is able to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, I'm sorry, that would make him the greatest president yet. Yeah. And even though In he only did one the term. States. Yeah. Yep. Um, it looks like maybe he will have done that. We don't know yet. Yeah, if I, this happens, it will be him who did it. Yeah. It yeah, we can't. Did it. You got to give credit where credit's due. He did it. He said he was going to do it and he did it. Yep. And all, all, all you stupid never Trumpers out there, uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> This is the legacy that you're opposing if, if this really happens. Yeah. And yeah. But you know, it look farther into the future mm-hmm. as it could, because I think if, if the U.S. eventually criminalizes all abortion, I think that will, that will happen in the rest of the world or at least the civilized yeah. world. The main parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like 
like you said, the civilized world. And um, I think about the weakness that's brought to our country morally and in terms of God's protection um, through abortion and how close we are to the edge in terms of, um, let's say, an inability to recover, say, economically from what is becoming more and more a deliberate assault by China. Yeah. Now, China is one of those that it will, you know, it might be the very last bastion of abortion in the world in terms of, of developed or developing countries. Um, actually, I, th- I, th- I think I think many of the like very, very underdeveloped third world countries probably don't have abortion. Even the ones that have cannibalism, cannibalism they probably don't have abortion. Yeah. Um, well. But, you know, I mean, the Romans had it effectively. They would, you know, take babies and expose them in order to kill them if they didn't want them, stuff like that. Um, but uh, I think... Thin line between uh, infanticide and abortion. I mean, there is no yeah. line. But I, not I mean, a, a for a long line. time it was, okay, so it's either right before they're born or right after they're born. Yeah. It's like they didn't know how to cause an abortion early on, but it's like, okay, have the baby. We don't want the baby. Throw the baby out. Yeah. Well, if if that were to occur, occur you can imagine a um, hundred years from now, mm-hmm. uh, people talk about abortion the way we talk about slavery uh, and the horrors of it, and and the heroes in the movement that kept moving forward despite being fought by most of popular culture. Um, yeah. For example, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to be a name everybody knows. Uh, and e- even when people try to fight this, it, it they can't fight the fact that he did this. It's his victory. Yeah. And we got to give him credit for that. But um, what kind of occurred to me today is that, you know, we did a podcast uh, like a month ago. Um, it was in response to... Uh, what's his name? Timothy oh, Gordon. Timothy Gordon yeah. had mentioned something about the the pro life movement in general and how it is, and and we had pointed out that hey, there's a lot of the pro life movement you apparently don't aren't even aware of, and I right. I think that's still true. I think he's not aware of it, and I think most people aren't, and I think that that it's the prayers and sacrifices of these people that actually won the fight mm-hmm. if we win. Um, yeah. Again, we're talking about people who go to the abortion mills every week, sometimes every day, to do things like uh, whether, uh, obviously protests, but a lot of times what they do is say the rosary in front of the abortion clinics and or talk to women and try to hook them as they're walking into the clinics in order to change their minds. Uh, sidewalk counseling, they'll call it. You know, right. back in the days we had, uh, the sit-ins, but, you know, those. That was kind of a flash that pen. A, yeah, that was phenomenon. fun, but, but didn't last. But, right. The, the but real you, work came later with mm-hmm. people who you're never going to hear about. They're never yeah. going to be a part of the story, but I think, you know, I. These I, are people whose names don't even get mentioned at, you know, March to Life rallies and right. stuff like that. And that's the thing. Uh, I, 
all across America, people think they're part of the pro-life movement because they did uh, a 10-hour stint in the 40 Days for Life. Or they went to, you know, Washington in January for the March for Life when that was, let's face it, more of a vacation than the work of saving babies. Yeah. Not a lot of personal cost there. Even those who, who donated money, not to, to, uh, you know, undercut or understate the importance of that, but that didn't involve the kind of personal dedication that these people who are out on the street in front of the abortion mills week after week or sometimes day after day doing what they do. Um, and so I thought it fitting because it looks like, I mean, it right now it looks to us like the tide has turned, like we're about to win. And I thought, you know, some of these names, and, and it's not an exhaustive list, uh, but it's people here in Cincinnati who have been doing things. And, and, you know, these aren't even the kinds of people you would see at, because they have like a lot of like pregnancy problem center They'll have these big expensive dinners, which are just mm-hmm. fundraisers, and you know people get up and speak. These aren't even the pe- kinds of people who get up there to speak. You know, yeah. they're not known even in the uh, pro, even in say the right to life community in a city. They're not even known to them usually, except by you know, yeah, I know this guy. You know, I don't let him speak or anything because he's kind of you know he's too pro-life and (laughs) so um i don't know i just thought we'd go through some of these names um and uh, like half these guys are dead i gotta think every city has their their names that are like this but we know the cincinnati ones because that's where we grew up and a lot of these are names that we knew as kids right and i i i i think it'd be great if we had some way to some some way to dedicate something. Well, I don't you know, know. Some kind of memorial or something. Yeah, that, they've got that the that memorial where somewhere. the Vietnam veterans, you can go and look mm-hmm. at all the names. Yeah, there's a billion names there, but they all did their part, and they all did something there. And these people, a lot of them have died in the pro-life movement. Um, and it caught, uh, some of these people, it cost them everything. Um, for example, Bob Citrillos. He, mm-hmm. I can't remember when he died. It wasn't long ago. It was a couple of years. Yeah. Um, he was founder and president of the Board of Helpers of God's Precious Infants. Mm-hmm. And he was the president of the Northern Kentucky Right to Life. Um, right. Which, which I don't know if you remember, but growing up that the, you know, our mother would always point out how the Right to Life organization almost had a, a weird symbiotic relationship with abortion. They seemed more interested in, in being able to fundraise. I mean, they came out with their voting guides and everything, right. which were truly pro-life, but they seemed more interested in fundraising than in stopping abortions. Uh, Northern Kentucky Right to Life had the reputation of not being like that. Right. And he would, uh, he would go head ahead with, uh, bishops. Uh, priests, mm-hmm. politicians, anyone. And, uh, I gotta say, he was good too. He wasn't yeah. like a Joe Martin. He wasn't a crazy guy. He, uh, <laughs> I was, 
I can't remember. I, I think I was a new father and I was trying to find something for the kids to watch. This is before we didn't, I don't think we had a VCR, but we didn't have any tapes really. Um, yeah. so I'm flipping around and I land on PBS and I see this guy at a table and I'm like, man, that guy looks like Bob Citrillo. <laughs> uh, this was an argument about letting high school girls take uh, be prescribed birth control without oh, their parents' consent. Their parents, yeah, yeah. And take the birth control in high school when, when kids aren't even allowed to take aspirin in high school. Get their ears pierced without parental consent. Yeah. And I mean, seriously, if a girl, if a person's caught with aspirin, they get sent as a, for drugs. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah. The rules about aspirin or ibuprofen. And these girls are being told to take, uh, birth control, often by school counselors and stuff. Man, he was, it was him against like three other Everybody people. Everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. He creamed them. Mm-hmm. Every time they had something to say, he had not just uh, not just a good retort, but proof of it. You know, yeah. he could quote. He was he was good, but um, apparently he was not well liked. Uh, oh, and <laughs> yeah, it's because he's uncompromising. Yeah, and he I think even like members of his own family kind of kind of dissed him, and uh, he I guess he died kind of alone. Oh my! Sad, but yeah, that is sad. He really was a great man, uh, Dinkin David Schaefer. I don't know him. Um, oh, gosh, the name sounds so familiar. He's um, one of the co-founders for the Helpers. the mm-hmm. The Helpers. When we say the Helpers, this is a, a weekly mass that happens in the vicinity. It, you, they'll go to a Catholic church close to an abortion mill, and right. they'll start with say a mass. And then walk down to the abortion mill, say the rosary, come back for benediction, and then go home. So, you know, it's short, it's sweet, but uh, mm-hmm. it's my understanding that it has closed down hundreds of abortion mills all across America. Think about, I mean, the, the most powerful ally against abortion is God, and all he's doing is waiting for us to humbly ask him to help. Yeah. And these people are doing this. Right. Every Saturday morning, getting up early, going out there, say a rosary, go home. Uh, they did it week after week after week. David yeah. Schaefer was one of the uh, founders, co-founder, and the spiritual director for the board. He okay. also did a lot of uh, sidewalk counseling for mm-hmm. several decades. Um, Coach Rich Andalina. I don't know why he's, co- is he a coach? Do you know him? I do not know him. Uh, okay. You know what, but I'm going to look him he up. He died recently. Uh, he's the founder of the Life's Fifth Quarter, dedicated to bring young people to Mass and Vigil on the fifth Saturday of the month. I don't know about the Mass and the Vigil on the fifth Saturday of the month. Is that is that something like five there, Saturdays? or? I think so. But he was big on getting I, I know young there were people to mass for the for like fifth Saturdays a month. Um, uh, and he he also went to the uh, helpers mass every week until until he was in hospice. Uh, uh, Nick 
Which you still looking at? I'm I'm reading his obituary at T.P. White and Sons Funeral Home. Sounds like his family did not put very much about his his work. It's a shame in the the pro life. I mean, it's it's he's you know basically yeah he's our dad. He'll be badly missed. When we relatives, he was a teacher. When we talk about these sidewalk counselors, I mean, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but there are many women out there who were convinced at the last second not to kill their babies. This happened. It wasn't, it wasn't just some guy yelling at women, calling them, you know, murderer. These were people who changed the minds of Mm -hmm. these women and brought them to Christ. Um, Nick Gallo. Yeah, that's a name I've heard. Yeah, he was, he's another founder of the Helpers Mass in, I'm saying the Helpers, the, the, uh, chapter here in Cincinnati. Uh, he's done sidewalk counseling, did a lot of pregnancy center work. Uh, he's, he's still going. He's been working at it for over 80 years. Yep. Working what? He's been working at it for over 80 years. Oh, he's over 80 years old and still years working old, at it. Still okay. working at it, yeah. He's not been working at it for 80 years because that would be weird. Right, that would be because <laughs> it's only been happening for 50 years. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, go back to uh, uh, Rich Andalina. He was the football coach at Covington Catholic. And okay. so his, his life's fifth quarter was like a, a fifth – uh, or fifth Saturday or fifth Sunday, whatever sort yeah. of mass program, but it was youth focused. That was his thing. He was I getting see. youth involved in, um, the, the pro-life, um, focus, especially in a prayerful way. So they would go to a church that was close to like Holy Name Church in Mount Auburn, which was close to, to the, the Sanger, yeah. um, clinic there and, have his mass and and I don't know what else he did beyond that, but there, there's a little write up about him in okay. the Catholic Telegraph that I found. Okay, he's uh, it's hard getting youth to care at about mass at all, especially if their yeah. parents aren't really on board helping you in the background. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's difficult to get teenagers interested in the mass. It just is. I've been trying, and I know. Um. Let's see, Paul Klemer? No. Klemeyer. Klemeyer. Paul Klemeyer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, president and founder of the Helpers. Or president and co-founder, and co-founder of the Helpers. Of the helpers. Yeah. yeah. I guess a bunch of them just got together and did this. Um, I, I think so. Apparently he gave mom a car once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember which car that was. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, uh, he, but it's one of those things that, like, he's just one of those people who, See something that needs to be done and tries to do it. If he yep. thinks he can, he does it. You know, um, Terry Hill. Uh, you remember, oh, remember her? Her, her, her daughter. Uh, I, I, I know Terry Hill, and I can picture her real well. I know Ann Hill too. Her daughter. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, Ann Hill was one of those very quiet but very mischievous girls. I never, I never heard her say more than three words yeah. our entire lives. But they did do things like. Put mustard in my pocket. And <laughs> she would get Ginger to go along with stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ginger's they do all sister. kinds of terrible things. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's always attended the helpers masses. Uh, she's foundress and the head of the Old Saint Mary's Pregnancy Center. I didn't know that. 
Oh. So, so I guess there's this... a pregnancy center down by Old St. Mary's. I didn't realize that. I never even knew that. I mean, I knew about I the pregnancy center. Um, run I didn't by, know there was um, one there. By what's her name up up on um, at Prost's Corner or whatever. Pr- yeah. Prost or Prout's Corner, whatever. But um, The Price Hill one. Yeah. I've been there. You've been there? To fix machines. Oh, okay. I was going to say. But if if Terry Hewell ever needed me to fix her copier, I would do it for free. Yeah. As I did with the uh, other pregnancy center. Uh, Ray Lepker. You remember mm-hmm. him? He was, he I remember was Ray one Lepker. of the people from the start, back when we were getting arrested and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, he... He's oh, wow. a long-time yeah. sidewalk counselor. I so, knew he was a big time, big sidewalk counselor. Um, he's one of those I, people who are really good at approaching people and mm-hmm. um, trying to get them involved with Christ and yeah. trying to spread the word of Christ. Uh, his his wife, what's his wife's name? She's I, into it, too. I, I know. I, I'm... I'm thinking of, cause, cause I actually knew his wife's name better than his, and I'm trying to think yeah. of what her name was now. Uh, shoot, it wasn't Bonnie. Um, no, Bonnie? No, not Bonnie Lebker. It Nobody's was, uh, ever named Bonnie? Yeah, I knew somebody named Bonnie. Actually, I knew two We had a named goat Bonnie. named Bonnie. <laughs> we had a goat named Bonnie too. Okay. If you count goats, I knew Bonnie. three Bonnies. I-, I keep wanting to say Linda. No, 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 no. It wasn't Linda. Uh, shoot. I can't, I can't think well, of it. We'll okay. come back to it. Patrick and, what does that say? Eamon Garrity? Eamon Garrity? I don't yeah. know them. Servers for the so, Helper's Mass. Oh, okay. So oh, they do so the young, they younger servers. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they now go in, in there okay. every week and to serve for the Helper's Mass. Again, cool. Saturday mornings, you know, you were out late Friday night and it's hard getting up. We did it for a couple weeks here. Oh. I had a hard time convincing I think I could probably reconvince them, but we switched doing something else instead of going to the helper's mass. But, oh, right. um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, it, it's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. every week getting up, doing that, especially as it, when it's in the middle of Cincinnati, nobody wants to go to Cincinnati. Gosh, if yeah. you live on the, it's just a terrible place anymore. The city, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of messy um, and ugly. Okay, I don't know how to say this name. Brother Joe. I know him as Brother Joe. But Choquette? Choquette? Choc? Choc. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um. We knew him as... Brother Joe. That's, Brother that's Joe. what he was to us. Yeah. He was, uh, very soft-spoken. Uh, he would, he would gather people to try to get the, uh, um, Rosary going every every Saturday down at the picket line, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, if more people than normal showed up, he would thank everyone for coming and then start crying. Yep, I remember. He, he cried yep, a lot. He did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And um, he died, and then um, it was it wasn't long after. It was like real close to after his death. The helpers mass finally started in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was a thing to behold because it filled up the whole church. Yeah, and he would cry if ten people showed up, and here the entire church was full, so full that they had to have three separate 
uh, rosary lines, you know, mm-hmm. so that because we yeah, didn't I have remember, any. Yeah, you'd get off sync and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you'd have to let the one go and get, get gone before you started the next one. It was, a, it was a shame he couldn't witness that, but he was there, uh, every week to say his rosaries, to try mm-hmm. to do, uh, sidewalk counseling. He always counseling. carried his, his, uh, staff, and so when you gathered around to say his rosary, to, to say the rosary with them, and then he'd take his staff and he'd like kind of shake it at you when you were the one supposed to lead. Yeah. He'd pick someone to lead and kind of like, Point it, point, not not point, but but kind of move his staff towards you. And, right. Uh, I was always afraid, like he would like move don't it towards pick me, me, don't pick me don't and pick I wouldn't me. remember the the yeah. mystery. <laughs> yeah. The third glorious mystery is. Oh, I knew this. I knew it five seconds ago. Yeah. So you go through. You know, you're at the second glorious ri- mystery the whole time gonna, during the movie you're going the third glorious mystery is the center of the holy spirit the center of the holy spirit and then when they call on you you forget it stinks yeah. or you say the hail mary you say the holy mary instead of hail mary mm-hmm. all these little things that you do when you lead the rosary the first couple times it's embarrassing yeah. but oh well well anyway um, as he was dying he refused um pain medication uh, mm-hmm. He wanted to offer up his pain for the conversion of uh, the death scorts and the abortionists. Uh, death scorts were people who, um, when the people at Planned Parenthood saw you coming to get an abortion, they knew that the sidewalk counselors were going to try to grab you. Not grab you, but try uh, to yeah, talk I'm you out of it. Talk to you, yeah. So they would run up and shield the uh, pregnant women from us us terrible Christians who were trying to was, convert them. You know, and, it was weird. I mean, if, if you, have you ever seen alien? Um, the Sigourney Reaver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know how like the alien had that weird, like mouth inside the mouth that would shoot out and like, yeah, if, if you, if you picture that and, and these, these death scorts running out surrounding a, woman who is coming in might or might not be there for an abortion. I, I could never right. tell other sidewalk counselors said they could tell, but they would yeah. like run out and grab them and shuffle them in real quick. The image of this inner mouth of alien is, is not, uh, too far off the mark. Yeah. For, for these death scorts. Yeah. They just didn't, they didn't want them to hear the words of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's mostly what it was. It was, hey, you've still got a chance. Don't do this. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves your baby. Mm-hmm. Those were the kinds of messages. I've heard it. I I know everybody, oh, well, you call women murderers and sluts, and I'm yeah, sorry. No, no, it was, you don't that have to That just do this. didn't happen. You have options. We have ways we to help, help you. We will help you. Yeah. yeah that's, that, that was the message that these death courts did not want women to, to hear. And... Yes, these death scorts, you know, we have to say, like everyone else who's, who's embedded in sin, God wants their salvation. So Brother Joe yeah. keenly felt that. Yeah. And he, uh, he would talk to the death scorts a lot. Mm-hmm. I did too, uh, but not, not nicely like he did. I, I was, yeah. My talk was shameful, I will admit. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, during those years on the picket line, I was still a kid, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, basically, would, that's that's what I mean. So, um, and finally, uh, Brother Joe's opposite, Joe Martin. Oh, yeah. he was the crazy one. <laughs> he was funny, but he was so committed. Yeah, and he, um, yeah, he was he was a dirty guy. I he I know we've made talked himself about him socially repugnant. He considered yeah. himself a clown for Christ. And so he did not want to, he had this, this idea in his head that he did not want people to like him for what they saw when they looked at him. Yeah. Um, he was, I remember giving him a ride to some kind of, you know, like they would have these big, um, before the days that pregnancy centers took over and right to life took over, mm-hmm. the, the movement was run by Protestants and it wasn't, it wasn't as posh. It wasn't hoity toity the way it oh, is now. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to have $5,000 donation in order to get in. Um, right. and so we would go to some of these, but often Joe Martin wasn't invited or maybe he, I don't know, maybe he was invited, maybe he didn't, but this one he was going to mm-hmm. and, we were going, the whole family was going, and we were giving Joe, uh, Joe Martin a ride. And I'm sitting behind him. My dad would have a van, and he would keep the one bench right behind the driver's uh, seat, and then he would take the rest of them out so he could put tools and parts yeah, in he put, there. Yeah, he put cabinets in the van to, yeah. to store tools and that kind of It was like a, a, drive, a mobile workshop. So if we all went somewhere... Most of us had to sit on the floor of the van. Whoever mm-hmm. got to the van first got driver shotgun. But <laughs> since it was a guest, Joe Martin was obviously oh, going to get yeah. shotgun. But I was first, which meant I got to sit on the bench behind the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, uh, di- diagonal from Joe Martin, looking at him. The lice in his hair are so big. I'm watching them oh, you- crawl around oh, in his wow. hair. Oh, it wow. Was, it was nasty. Yeah. But, well, good thing mom wasn't sitting there next to you. Yeah, yeah. She didn't even get in the car with him. But yeah. he, look, he, he did weird things. Like he would, he would get painting jobs and he would, uh, he would find guys living on the street and hire them to help him with the painting jobs. A lot of times giving them a home to live in and a bed to sleep in while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was big on helping the poor. And he was big on, despite his his charisma, he wasn't violent. He was just loud. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got a picture of, of them trying to arrest him. I think it's even on video. It took like t- 10 cops to bring him down because he just wasn't going to jail. He didn't feel like he needed to go to jail. He wasn't punching anyone. No, no. But he he's, would, didn't he crawl under a car or something? Yeah, he crawled under the bus. Oh, the bus. Yeah, the ark. Yeah, our dad's bus. He, our dad had an ark which he'd take down there to, uh, so that during the winter people could come on and get coffee and donuts and warm up, you know, between and protesting. Dad's policy was, uh, anybody was allowed on board. The death scores could come get coffee and donuts if they wanted to. Yeah, he'd invite them too. Mm-hmm. He, but he I, would I walk did, over to, hey, there's coffee and donuts over there if you want. A lot of times the, uh, People in the neighborhood passing by would get on and talk to mm-hmm. him. I don't know what happened there. I just know that it happened. Yeah, but he um, had signs. You know, he had the posters in the bus. 
yeah, it would, he had the, 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 the kinds of pictures that people don't really show anymore, you know, the dead babies. Mm -hmm. That's what he would show people. Um, but Joe Martin was, uh, yeah, he had grabbed the bus and they, it took a bunch of them trying to pull him off this bus so they could arrest him. It was funny. He was great. Uh, we have, okay, so a couple other mentions. Obviously, Mae Braden and Joanne Engel, our mom and our grandma, they've been in it since the start. I was 12 years old at least. It was probably before that, but it, it became a big part of our lives when I was 12. Yeah. And <clears throat> anything they could do to help the movement in any way, shape, or form, our parents always did it. And Mae Braden, our grandma, also would be they a part of that. Both, They've uh, been to jail quite a few times. times. Yeah. Uh, they were... May... <laughs> there was some, <laughs> there was some, some center. I don't know if it was the one in Cincinnati, cause you know, they had that, that, iron fence outside and and uh or if it was some other one in another city that that they had traveled to but there was like the you know the crowd um sort of and and yeah they got unruly at these kinds of things back back in that day yeah and so there was a group of people that had decided to kind of try to rush the clinic and i think like on film or something they had caught captured like grandma like like sort of climbing the crowd up towards the top of the fence. Yeah, I, I, saw <laughs> I remember at a, at a at a family <laughs> gathering that 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 we had that was kind of like a roast for for grandma uh, and somebody coming on and mentioning that she was tapped for Barcelona. Barcelona was where they had the Olympics like the next year or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> um. Now, uh, apparently there was a Wednesday sidewalk counseling thing that they did. Uh, oh, okay. Our grandma Mae Braden, Sylvia Bros, and Pat, and Pat Malik, Malik all did that. Um, Father Al Lauer. I see. I, all I remember about him is that he wouldn't do the Tridentine Mass. He never would do the Tridentine Mass. I don't know why. Uh, and that's why I, I wouldn't even think of married. He married Uncle Tom and Aunt. He Jimmy. married you. No, he did not marry me. Father oh. uh, Dorman Byers married me. Did he? Did he? Uh, he did not do the Terry. Team. Yes, he bat. Well, Terry was already baptized, but he confirmed. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I never knew him, um, but he was instrumental in the founding of the pregnancy center at Old St. Mary's, mm-hmm. the one we mentioned earlier with Terry. I think Dorman. he kind of took over Old St. Mary's after Father Byers left. Yeah. Okay, um... And he was the one, he married Uncle Tom and Aunt Janine, um, and he was the one that, that, what, what strikes me about that is that in all of the various kind of wedding planning things, and of course the bride, it's her day and everything, he kept bringing them back to this, this, this involves you, but you have to remember it's about Christ. And that, you know, even the wedding, you know, you think about how much a wedding is about, you know, and you're looking yeah. forward to it and you, you know, the, the whole thing, it's about, it's about the entire future of your life together. But he kept wanting to bring them back. It's about Christ. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's what I remember about Father Lauer. There are quite a few attorneys who did a lot to help the pro-lifers uh, because yeah. again, at first, I mean, when when the pro life 
movements kicked off, it was nonstop jail. I mean, <laughs> people go to jail every people week. People needed an attorney to, yeah, to, to stand with them, to yeah. make their plea in front of a judge, whatever. So James Condit Sr., or as we know him as Mr. Condit, mm-hmm. and his, his, his son, son Tom, Tom right. who's now Mr. Condit, uh, Bob Citrillo. I didn't know Bob Citrillo was a lawyer. Uh, I didn't either. I had no idea. He's listed here that he is, but I don't, yeah. I think maybe there uh, might be a mistake. I don't know. I don't think that's a but mistake. But again, he's, he's gone from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Sum, or is that Sumi? Suma. I don't, I, I don't recognize that name. I don't either. Uh, John Scanlon, John who's now dead. I recognize that name. I remember that name. Yep. And Robert Rinier. Uh, who is also gone. Oh, okay. I don't remember Robert Rainier either. Um, and I think that's, that's about all the ones that I can remember. I had my mom remind me of some of these. That's why I'm saying people that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause my mom's been in it so long that she knows most of the names. Again, most of these names are people that even the Cincinnati organizers would not recognize. But I, I think these names have got to be said somewhere. Yeah. These are the people and, and people like them probably in other cities throughout the country. These are the yeah. people that are putting their lives out there and say, and going to God and saying, Hey God, help me make this right. This is and, the and blood. This is what, this is what life community. Yeah, yeah. This is what is going to turn our country if it turns. I mean, I, none of these people have appeared before any of the Supreme Court justices, but this is the work. These are the people that are calling God to our side and saying, hey, God, you know that we can be great. You know that we can honor you. Help us push the scourge out of our country. I might. And then making yeah. themselves instruments of God. Yeah. You know, I I might try to organize some kind of system where people in different cities can tell us about these kinds of people in their cities. I in Indianapolis I pass uh there's a uh Planned Parenthood there that I pass I don't know, you know, once a month, no matter what day it is, I see mm-hmm. people out there, uh sidewall counselors and protesters. So I, I know this happens in every yeah, city across it's still America. Going on. And uh it would be good to have somewhere where these kinds of people can be seen, listed. Here's the problem. You know that none of these people would ever put their hand up for acknowledgement. No, they wouldn't. That's why... <laughs> How do you get someone to give you their name? you you, you got to... That's why people like get, us come along and... you got to get into the pro-life, you know, sort of scene in that city to get someone to say, hey, yeah, here's the people that are really driving this for us. Yeah. <clears throat> like mom did for these people. Right. And of course, mom deserves to be on the list, but she would never put her name on. Right. Well, we put her name on because, I mean, (laughs) but uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, um, I don't know what to say about that. When they read history about the pro-life movement, these are the names you'll never hear about. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like all the people that that ran uh, the Underground Railroad. Right. Pre-Civil War. Yeah, who saved slaves from being recaptured. And These how many people of those saved people babies. putting their lives on the line, you'll never hear about. You'll never know their names. Right. Well, at least 
we'll know them in heaven, but right sure. now we can do the little bit that we can in the uh, the tiny podcast that we have that a few people will hear and maybe know their names. And I, I'm, this is going against every bone in my body because I hate it when people tell me names of people that I don't know. I'm like, why are you talking about? I don't know this person. I don't care about this person. But, but in this case, we care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this matters a lot. Yeah. I think this this is historical, and these are the people who changed the history, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, just as much as people like Donald Trump and... Uh, whoever it is going up against the uh, in in the Supreme Court right now, yeah. So um, that those are all the names I got. All right. Well, let's let's. I mean, some of them are deceased. We can pray for them. Um, someday, maybe we'll pray. T- we'll be praying to them. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know that we tried to. Uh, when Brother Joe died, we asked if we could have a uh, a piece of him. We did. Um, what's her? Some, oh, I guess actually, we got hair or something. Um, shoot, what was her name? Shirley something or a other. relic. Because uh, mom said, "Oh, I wish we could get a relic," and she even had like a little scissors. And and Shirley, what's her name? That's right. She got some hair. She went and just snipped her hair. She said, "Well, I'll get it." Took the scissors, <laughs> one put it in an envelope, and gave it to mom. Now I've yeah. been I've been praying to Brother Joe for a uh, a special intention that I have. Um, I have not I don't, been praying to is, him. I don't know what the formula for, I know that, that, that holy people like that develop devotions before they're canonized. In fact, having those yeah. devotions is a necessary part of, of the whole process. But right. I don't know what you're supposed to do. You know, do you just sort of pray to them and, and, and ask your petition or, or, and, and then maybe say in our Father, Hail Mary and Glory be in, in their honor or what? So I'm, I'm just kind of muddling through it on my own. Maybe um, we could write a prayer. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's. Uh, I, I think several of these people may end up being on the list of people that we'll be praying to at some point. Yeah, yeah. All right, then we gonna we gonna talk about news. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about news. All right. So you know, I okay. Wait a minute. I would. I want to talk about one more thing, though. I, I guess it's kind of news. But, um, you know, we've been kind of scratching our heads at this uh, consecration to Russia. Mm -hmm. Because it's just not the kind of thing that Pope Francis would do. Right. And then later we find out maybe why he did it. With this changing of the Vatican rules and how it's run, uh, reorganization of things... Uh, okay, wait a minute. Timothy Gordon did a did wait. a little bit of a show. Okay, about I've, it. I've heard about. Okay, I know about the the changing of the rules. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he did it in order to to uh, at least in, not in be terms of the about. right in terms of the media. Okay, let me let me give a big story in order to hide the real story, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I didn't know about it, except my son had asked me about it like that week. I didn't know what he was talking. I thought he was confusing something, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, yeah, maybe I don't know." I, I kind of just put it off. Apparently, it's it's actually your son who had found it and pointed it out to Buddy, and Buddy uh, tried to explain it to me, but I wasn't really paying attention much. And so, Pope Francis had made some big 
changes at the Vatican and the way things are run. And with his left hand and with his right hand, he's consecrating Russia. Yeah. I believe that he doesn't at all believe that consecrating Russia will do anything. But he still consecrated Russia. Yeah, that, in that sense, the joke's on him a little bit. I think it is. And I look at all these... Because it, it the way we've been looking at America, like, oh, there's no way out of this. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, things can't get worse than this. And then all of a sudden... God springs this on us, overturning Roe v. Wade. I think that can happen in the Vatican, too, because things look so bad right now. Most of our bishops are gay. A lot of them are, a lot of them are evil. And I, a lot of them serve Satan, whether they know it or not. Yeah. And it seems like there's no way out of this, because they're going to be the ones to who elect the next pope. But I have to wonder, what if... Um, what if, what would happen if the Russian Orthodox Church united with Rome? Oh, what, what would that would be look a like? sudden influx of bishops, and some of them, as as part of the, the the bid of unity, the agreement of unity, or whatever, some of them would have to be made cardinals. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? That would be interesting. Wow. Yeah, that would be really interesting. And I mean, I, I know yeah. the Russian Orthodox Church. As a church, they have their own problems with corruption and that yeah. kind of stuff internally. But sure. I, so does our church. That that's not. It's not like that's every it's church. not like yeah. we're sitting here pure and pretty and 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 looking at them and oh yeah, you're too dirty. You can't become part of us. And all it takes the, is is willingness to to agree to the uh, ultimate authority of, of the pope. The the Orthodox churches are attracting people who are fed up with the uh, with the Catholic the Catholic with the bishops. Pope basically yeah with and, the Pope and the Catholic bishops yeah so I mean something there is attractive to them um, I don't I mean I don't know that's a whole other discussion it just occurred to me you know maybe the jokes on Pope Francis maybe he has no idea what he's about what he just did and Maybe the church, the face of the church, is going to change a lot in the next 20 years. Well, there's a lot of speculation about uh, his health, too. So whatever happens in the next 20 years, I think most people agree is going to be under a different pope than Pope Francis. Right. Of course, maybe multiple popes. I I, I remember when, uh, when John Paul II died... Uh, I went and did a quick kind of survey of, of the average uh, t- length of time that popes reign as pope, from the time they become yeah. pope to the time they die. And Pope John Paul II was like really, um, e- really extraordinarily long, historically speaking. Yeah. Yeah, he was really young when he got elected. And yeah, he was pope for a long time. And he held on to the very end there. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't comp out like uh, like Benedict did. Benedict, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. see what but happens. It's just yep. It's just speculation. Uh, speaking of Russia, though, all right. The the war rages on. We really have no idea what's going on. Um, the United Kingdom's Armed Forces Secretary says that. Ukraine can strike targets inside Russia with British weapons, 
saying that's that's completely legitimate in order to, to disrupt the attacks on Ukraine, which I would imagine is. I mean, if you're even yeah. if you're fighting a defensive war, you, you still could not that big a deal. The, uh, the yeah, the attacking country. But when they're using British weapons, then it's like, okay, you guys are fighting a proxy war here, which I think the whole world is. I don't know. I mean, okay, so Britain sends weapons to Ukraine. So here, okay, you got to defend yourselves, so we'll give you weapons. And then how how do you enforce restrictions on the use of those weapons? You're going to take them back? You don't. You don't. You're going to fire on Ukraine? For misusing your weapons, if you think you misused them, that's stupid. Right. If you're going to give weapons yeah, to somebody, you hand them over and say, "Here, we believe your cause is just. Use these according to your judgment." To put any restriction beyond that is just plain stupid, anyway. It is. It's, but it's it's more of the weird talk that we see coming out of this whole thing. That because the Russian uh, defense ministry accuses the UK of provoking Ukraine into attacking Russian territory and warns of a proportional response should any attacks oh, occur. So it's like, hey, wait a minute, that was a that was a UK bomb that or a missile yeah. or whatever that that hit this this uh, military base inside of Russian territory. Now we'll bomb Russia. Yeah. You know something like that. I mean, I doubt Russia would do that. That but that could yeah. Cause it to be, cause this to become a World War Three. I mean, that's what Russia is insinuating that it can strike military targets inside the territory of NATO countries if who are supplying weapons supplied, to U- Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine, and that would heck, that would include America. And yeah, I, I that's one that we should just stay away from. Um, yep, it's not like Ukraine is some you know pristine bastion of. Western justice or goodness. Yeah. I don't think we should be anywhere near it. Uh, Russia says that it has struck 59 Ukrainian weapons facilities, uh, including some that stored weapons from the United States and Europe. Okay. Um, Who's this? Gazprom. G-A-Z-P-R-O-M. All right. Announces that it has completely suspended gas... Oh, okay. This is the gas company from Russia. Oh. Says that it suspended gas supplies uh, to Poland and Bulgaria. Because, because of they're their not... support for Ukraine? No, because they're not paying in rubles. Oh, okay, okay. Which, if they don't pay in rubles, then Russia has to go through the banks in order to get them converted, and the banks are cutting Russia out. Right. So, um, yeah, again, we're trying to isolate Russia. We're going to end up making Russia stronger, guys. Yeah, we're we're not isolating them. We're um, strengthening them. We're... We're giving them uh, independence. Yeah, that's 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 the wrong way to do this. I think um, American Marine Trevor Reed and Russian pilot—I'm not even going to try to say his name—are freed in a prisoner exchange between Russia and the United States. Uh, this is from the AP uh, Associated Press, but they don't really tell us much more about these guys, how they got captured. Okay, How Russia has one of our prisoners. 
I'm going to try to read this Russian name. We have one. Because okay. I learned a little bit of Russian when I went over there. Yeah. Okay, you got it? Do, 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 uh, I, I've got the Trevor Reed thing. Constantin. I can't find the name. Uh, you know, this Trevor is stupid Reed. how, like, these news sites will not give you the basic information up front. You know, um, okay, this is going to speak badly of me. And I, because I know I should have been aware of it up front, but when we were going to do this podcast, I thought, okay, we're going to talk about the um, the leaked uh, majority opinion in the which case that might oh, overturn Roe. Yeah. So I do, you know, overturn Roe, and it's like all these news articles, and I thought the case name, the current case name, Dobbs v. something or other would be right in the the part of the blurb that shows up in the Google search. It doesn't. So no. I clicked on the Reuters, and the whole article, it never mentioned the actual case at hand. I really? tell you, news, news agencies have gotten so bad at reporting news. Now basically, they're reporting their opinion about the news, but not really reporting the news itself. I just yeah. sent you an email with his name or with a link. To, okay, so I've got uh, Yaroshenko. Story. I don't see his first name though. Uh, it's our Yaroshenko. Maybe that is his first name. Constantin. No, it's Constantin. Const Constantin Yaroshenko. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's uh, that's not a real hard Russian name. Uh, he hit, wait a minute, how is this a, okay, he was in 20 year federal, uh, prison for smuggling cocaine into the U.S. Why was Whoa, why Trevor are, Reed? Why was Trevor Reed, uh, arrested in Russia? Yeah, I, I Cause this isn't a soldier exchange, this is just a prisoner exchange. That might or might yeah. not have anything to do, I mean. Nine years for an altercation. In Moscow, where he was staying, rushing, visiting his girlfriend, he allegedly assaulted a police officers who were driving him to a police station after picking him up following a night of heavy drinking at a party. So he's just a ruffian. He's a ruffian. And he swung at some police officers and got arrested. And yeah, and we exchanged for him. That's dumb. I mean, I, I, gosh, yeah, exactly. I mean. It, this is, that's like the Obama exchange. The Obama's real bad about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think... Hold on. I, went, I stepped away from the mic. I think there's more to this than we're being told. You know, that looks... This that is looks, BS. That, that seems possible. This is dumb. That's not... This... No. He's been detained and convicted on evidence that is laughable? Like what? A cop saying he hit me? What, what kind of laughable evidence would that be in America? I don't know. I, the whole thing. I, there's something more to Something's this. Something's going on, yeah. They're lying. Okay. Well, I didn't even mean to get into all that. I was just it's saying It's just part I, of the news. You know, prisoner exchange. Yeah, okay. And then I wanted to um, say the name. <laughs> so, I'm getting away from Russia here. Okay. Uh, 20 Islamic worshippers are killed during riots in Gondar, Ethiopia. Okay. Uh, so, notice how they say 20 Islamic, Islamic worshippers. Worshippers. Why? Killed, I mean, does it say by whom? Who, who they no, were killed by? Not the not the story, but I've I've lost my uh, link. Oh. How can I find it again? Here, let me try this. Oh, there's a whole bunch. Let me look up Ethiopia. 
Okay, this is in Reuters. Clashes in Ethiopia killed 20 Muslim worshippers. Oh, clashes? Yeah, so it's not... It's not like they were in a mosque worshipping and somebody men. bombed the mosque. Yeah. Uh, they probably provoked... They probably clashes attacked. with unidentified armed men. Violence was unrelated to a conflict in the neighboring uh, Tigray region. So well, then why are they mentioning Sounds it? like the Muslims... Sounds fight, like there's a fight here, yeah. And whoever they, they attacked fought back and killed them. That's what it seems like. That's what it sounds but like. But notice how they list it. Yeah. Muslim worshippers, uh, Islam worshippers are killed. Give me a break. I hate the way they do this. Oh, man. This is the second time that we're going, we look a little bit further into a story and it's like, well, that's not, that's, yeah. where do you hear one coming up? Uh... Central African Republic adopts Bitcoin as legal tender. Central African Republic as... I don't even know where... As the only legal tender or just like they, they say, okay, it's all right adopts if you want to Adopts it as legal Bitcoin. tender. If you want to... Actually, you know, legal tender, that, that actually has real implications because that means that at whatever the given exchange rate is for like, say, the, the normative tender in that country... Let's say you have yeah. a debt, and you say, I'm going to pay you back in Bitcoin. Well, that means the debtor has to accept that. or I mean, the creditor has to accept that. You know what else it means? It makes it easier for people who are using Bitcoin for in sex trade. illegal trade. That's right. Can can eventually make turn it into dollars. That makes this country a, uh, a financial... Uh, stopping point for sex trade money. Right. Yeah, that's actually a really big deal. Yeah. This, this, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, people should pay attention to that one. People yeah. who have the ability to, to, I don't know, monitor things like that. Yeah. The Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, uh, declares a water shortage emergency. Hmm. This is LA. Uh, requires agencies to enforce restrictions on non-essential water usage. Uh, this comes amid a drought. Trump's been talking about this since he got elected. The fact that they're wasting all their water. They just, they have no, they have no reservoirs. They, they don't collect water. No water conservation program. Yeah. It, it's stupid. They're, it, they they're waste. the same way with forest management. That's why they have the forest yeah, fires that, they're terrible. that get out of hand. It's like California is the dumbest state in the nation in every respect. And it stinks because they have the most beautiful land. Mm-hmm. Well, almost. I don't, practically, maybe not the most, San Diego, but they, it's, it's like really springtime all year round. Yeah, it's incredible. I went out there, there like I, for a business trip, and I'm talking to people, and, and they say, it's like... Um, it's basically the same temperature all year round, and and they they were kind of like describing because some of them didn't grow up in San Diego. They they're and so they're saying yeah. how you know they're kind of adjusting and and getting used to the 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 way it is out there. And he said, well, you know, like a few years ago, it was newsworthy that they had eight straight weeks of rain. But what they meant by eight straight weeks of rain that was that. For eight weeks in a row, on at least one day that week, they had a brief shower. Huh. <laughs> it's like, wow. wow. <laughs> I remember it was, uh, 
it was 90 degrees here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I went to Orange County. In, uh, so that's L.A., right? I, I don't even know where Orange County is. I just know I was in Orange County, California, uh, at the John Wayne Airport. Mm-hmm. And um, it was 70 degrees there. And the guys were telling me about the weather there. They're like, oh, it's this year all, all, all year round it's like this. So I'm like, really? And they said, yeah. They said, you notice a couple other things? There's no birds. Oh, no kidding. Said, what? I'm looking around. They're right. Why? I don't see a single bird. Would you kill them all or what? <laughs> Sickos. They said, because there's no bugs. Oh. There's no insects. Because there's no rain. I, I don't know what, why. But there's no reason, insects. No bugs to bother people. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be really awesome. Except... You know, we live in Cincinnati where it's like sometimes the mosquitoes are so bad that you just don't want to go outside. And we don't even have it really bad. I mean, I'll bet Mississippi is worse than Ohio with uh, mosquitoes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would like having no bugs, but honestly, I, I kind of like birds, so I'd miss birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just different. It is, it's beautiful land. Okay, and, so Orange County is not quite um, Los Angeles. I thought, I thought no. it was Los Angeles for some... What county is Los Angeles in? I have no idea. But Anaheim is in Orange County. Oh, okay. Anaheim is the setting of Scanner Darkly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, um, where were we here? Uh, the Peruvian... <clears throat> oh, uh... So the Peruvian government declares a state of emergency at a copper mine after a week of camping by indigenous people. So they've got a copper mine there in Peru, Mm -hmm. and the indigenous people are camping out, I guess in protest? Is it protest or just because they need a place to stay? I. It sounds like it's in protest because the the government there uh, suspended... I lost it. Uh, suspend civil liberties, including the right of assembly and protest. Oh, so we'll get together and protest by camping out in a copper mine. Copper must be like one of the main exports of this country. Yeah. Peru. I keep trying to open these stories. So why are the tab. indigenous people the ones who are protesting? Well, is this like one of those where the people who, who care about it say, yeah, I care about it, but I don't want to give up my comfortable house let me go pay some, you know, itinerant to to yeah, uh, you know, so, some some indigenous person. I wonder if this land. is kind of like a. I mean, you look at it and it's it looks it looks pretty barren out. That'd be like American Indians going and protesting some yeah. some at you know policy of our government. Yeah, uh, the mine has battled against repeated protests and road blockades that have at times forced it to halt production. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what their problem is with it. it. I mean, I can, it does kind of tear up the land, but the land isn't, what else do you do with land like that? You know? Yeah. I mean, unless it's like, like beautiful, it's not land, you, farmland. You, you can, if you can't farm on it and if it's not like good for developing houses and, 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 you know, providing places for people to yeah. live, what are you going to do with it? Oh, well, let's mine it. it. There's stuff in the ground. Let's get it out. 
Yeah, and then, you know, I mean, okay, you can't live on there, but even if you were living on there, exactly what are you going to do to, if you don't have a way to bring in an income, how are you going to live there anyway? Yeah, exactly. What's the point? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know what the indigenous people, what kind of rights they have in comparison to the indigenous people of America. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Like American right. Indians have reservations that they can go to, mm-hmm. and we keep buying the reservations back and digging them up and then selling them back to them and things like that. But that's still going on. Um, I, I think we've been doing that since the founding of the country. I know it's stupid. Why? Just join the country, and I think I think every reservation should be closed, sold, and all the money split up, not between the tribal chiefs. Oh no, but the families between every member, all the members yeah, the of the tribe, and say, "You are hereby American. You're not you're not Native American anymore. You're American." Yeah, and that's all there is to it. But you know, you can have some of this land if you want. But here's money. Here's the thing. I, 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 I mean, on one level, it's like, okay, there's the whole, you know, Christian missionary, you know, yeah, that that's a, a absolute, you, you've got to do that, convert them. Yeah. But there's a, there's a part of me that really enjoys the, the sort of, uh, American Indian, uh, what did you call mystique or whatever, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. I know. And. You know, I like watching movies that that bring that into it and that kind of stuff. I I just don't know if there's a way to preserve that that culture without practicing the culture. You know oh, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. That or because or they're not. Can they're you not can you preserve the culture without real harm to the people? That it, yeah. it's it's almost like you're preserving the culture by saying. We're not going to let you take advantage of everything we have to offer. Yeah. It's like that. And the problem is that when push comes to shove, it is impossible for Native Americans to live even close to the way that they used to live. That's true. It just can't happen. That's true. We have killed off most of the wildlife Mm -hmm. in comparison to what it used to be like. And they would not farm animals. They refused to raise animals as their own, yeah. other than horses. And I, I mean, we brought well, even horses, horses to them. were introduced from Europe. They didn't have horses yeah. natively. And so, um, I think that's probably as far as, why they were you know, willing eating to farm animals. Horses, they wouldn't do it. Is, yeah. is because they weren't something that they knew natively. They would not uh, raise goats or mm-hmm. cattle. They. Killed buffalo or he shot deer. Bison is something different than buffalo. I always get confused. But no, it's uh, bison are what we have. Bison are what we have. So so when we say the American buffalo, we're actually referring to bison. Yeah. Okay. And Buffalo Bill was a he shot bison. Okay. And and the real buffalo that's an African animal. I think so. I can't remember. Okay. I think there are some in different. Like I think there are some in other countries. I tell you, like the the, the buffalo that that have been brought back. I mean, there's there's like herds of buffalo that brought back out in like mm-hmm. the Yellowstone area and that kind of stuff. They're kind of cool. I mean, they're they're ugly as all get out as animals are. Yeah. But at the same time, they're kind of cool. It's weird because uh, I mean, they're 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 
big animals, and they have yeah. like you know, they're so ugly. It sounds they, weird to say this, but they have like these real gentle looking eyes. Do they? Yeah, that's what it's I think weird. about cows. <laughs> I, cows are kind of like that too. You know? Yeah, it, it's yeah, really weird. If you go out there, they're like cartoonishly pretty. Yeah, but like the eyes of cattle with the giant lashes that come yeah, out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know, it's like like these buffalo, it, like they'll. I've never been close to a buffalo. I have no idea. Oh gosh, you got to go out. We, we got to do that as a as a uh, instead of the Red River Gorge some some year. We got to go out there. But um, we were talking like the 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 guide that because Terry and I did a tour out there uh, was talking to us. He said, and there's like they'll cross the road, and when a herd's crossing the road, you just gotta stop and wait. And they said, you know, like he's there, so. there's one time when a car that was kind of near at the front of the line basically kind of beeped, hoping that it would cause them to separate long enough for him to get through. Uh-uh. Uh It the buffalo just kind of stopped. And, and kind of turned and just kind of gorged or gouged into the car with its horn and tore the car, the front of the car up or something. <laughs> Probably didn't even try to do it. I know. It was, it was just kind of like, oh, what's that? <laughs> Knock it off. Exactly. Hold your horses. Because they are big animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Georgia becomes the ninth U.S. state to ban the teaching of critical race theory Yay! in schools. Nine of fifty, We've got a ways to go, yeah. but okay, we'll keep going. Uh, Russian, the okay, so Putin accepts an invitation to the G20 summit. It's going to be in Bali, Indonesia this year. Uh, uh, Zelensky was also invited, but we don't know if he's going. Oh, okay, that'll be interesting. Because like, yeah, like what if Putin goes and Zelensky doesn't? Is, is yeah. that going to... Then Zelensky's going to look like a wimp. Yeah. I mean, it, it could, because everybody's accusing Putin of being this big aggressor, and Z- they're kind of lionizing Zelensky just by f- dint of being attacked by Putin. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, when is that? That's... Once again, we don't... It doesn't tell me. I'm not even going to so look weird. it up. It's weird how little matter. news yeah. the news articles have. Right. Tornado strikes in Andover, Kansas, uh, with heavy damage, and this part of the same weather system. I don't know. I guess it wasn't part of the of the tornado, but in the same weather system, three storm chasers are killed in a car accident. Oh wow! Uh, because of they're calling it aquaplaning. I always call it hydroplaning. Yeah, we call it hydroplaning here. I guess it's whether you're yeah. Greek or Latin. I, you know. Uh, aquaplaning would be the Latin word. Hydroplaning, the Greek word. Okay. Well, anyway, three guys died because their car was hydroplaning, and I guess it crashed into something. Oh, man. You'd think storm chasers would have tires that would, would be really, really good You'd against that. You'd think so. But I think, you know, it's like anyone who suddenly decides, I want to get a better view of that storm, is now a storm chaser. Oh. And so it's like... Amateur you know, storm couple of hill jacks in a car driving around. Hey, let's go over there, and then they <laughs> they've got die bald they're tires too and fast. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm gonna read you the. Uh, I'm just gonna read it. This is funky. Okay. A tricycle falls 
A tricycle falls into a man-made channel in uh, Ete, Egypt. Eight children die and four people are rescued. Okay, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. A tricycle <laughs> falls into a man-made what? A channel. channel. Okay, like a ditch. I guess like kind a of canal. like a... Yeah. Eight people die? Eight children eight. killed. A tricycle? <laughs> Why were eight children on a tricycle? <laughs> Was this like... Were they like stacked on top of each other? Was this like some kind of circus act? A tricycle? I can't... I don't know. It, it's so weird. I'm looking at it. A three-wheeled vehicle was carrying at least 13 people when it overturned and sank in the channel early Sunday. How does a three-wheeled vehicle carry 13 people? I, I don't think they... Okay, now I can see maybe they're talking about like some kind of motorized vehicle. But what kind of motorized vehicle has only three wheels... But we'll carry 13, 13 people. That is makes it, no it, sense. Well, okay, hold on. Was it maybe that it was like one of those three-wheeled, uh, like, dirt dirt runners, whatever, but it was... And there were a bunch of people. No, it was towing a cart that mm. had additional people on it. You know, that might be possible. This is in the, uh, this is in the Niles Delta. So, I mean, this could be like a so, standard way of transport, almost like a taxi cab. Yeah. Could be. Or a bus. I don't know. A version know. of a bus. It's still done. It's, why were all, they all kids? That's, yeah, that's the other. It's like, were they just, you know, is this like, you know how Four like. people were rescued out of it. You know how like some, some people will, um, like the, you, you have your tractor, your lawn tractor, and then yeah. it has a cart in the back. Okay. All the kiddies, you can like pile in the ride. cart and you go and give the kids yeah. a ride. Maybe it was that kind of a thing. It's just weird. And I, I followed the story. I can't really find too much more okay, information. Wow. Okay. I mean, tragedy. That's okay, weird. guys. I mean, we're yeah. we're like focusing on the weirdness of how it says eight children. Yeah. This it, is tragic. It is, yeah, it's tragic. Um, so, uh, a small meteor traveling at fifty five thousand miles per hour explodes above western Mississippi. Oh yeah, I read about causing that. several sonic booms. I don't understand why. Why are they saying it caused sonic booms? Um, I th- I would think I don't. That can't be right. Well, okay. When it exploded, here's here's the thing. I don't know because I I only saw reports of one fireball. Okay. But if if it actually exploded into multiple fireballs, um. Each one, like like when the explosion happened, if it's traveling like in multiple directions, each one could cause its own sonic boom. So that's one thought. Uh, no. Okay. It's going fifty five thousand miles per hour. Even if it, even if one exploded behind it, it's not going to slow down fifty five thousand miles per hour. Even if it pushes the piece of it. In the opposite direction. I don't think so. 55... It's caused sonic boost. 55,000 miles per hour. I think... I think this uh, newscaster just didn't do their homework. I think so, too, because the speed of sound... The, the point at which you cause a sonic boom is when you go past, like, from subsonic into supersonic. And the speed of sound right. is only 767 
miles per hour. Yeah. And you're talking about 55,000 miles per hour. So no, at no point was there a piece of that meteor that went from slower than the speed of sound to, to the speed of sound. Yeah. So I because I think I mean this was meteor was like Mach seventy two. <laughs> yeah. But I did read about so, that, and and it was like seen across like several states. The the fireball was seen. That would be cool. I wish I could see that. Um. I also wish I could go afterwards and search. Oh, for the yeah. uh, for it pieces. may not have reached Earth. I mean, it may you know it might have completely burned up. You know, there was a there was well a, a lot of them like the, things like the size of peas. You can usually find them after something like oh, that. Oh, okay. There was a fireball that that I saw. I was living in North Vernon at the time, and I I was on my way out. I was driving Laura somewhere, yeah. and. Uh, just as I was like kind of reaching the top of my street, I saw it was like a green, huge fireball. I mean, think of like what we've seen as, as meteor trails. Yeah. Except huge. It looked like, like, you know, the size of, of a football, like streaking yeah. across the sky. And it, at, towards the end, it kind of broke off into two pieces, but then it eventually faded out. And it probably, it was going, um, in terms of the, 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 um, angular speed, it probably took about ten seconds, and eh, maybe not that long, maybe like six seconds, wow. to get from yeah. the one end of the sky to the other to where it it faded out. I didn't, it didn't go like past the horizon. It just it it just faded out. Yeah, and I went and looked at it. I saw one that kind of came straight mm. down. Oh wow! It, I it, I could see it for about three or four seconds. It split into two, and then those split into one or two, two or more. Oh, oh uh, me and Ronnie cool. saw it together. That's cool. Um, I it's always things like that. It's like, man, if I only had a video camera yeah. at that time, it'd have been so cool to get that on video. But I mean, I was but, reading that, and from what I gathered, like what I saw, even though it looked huge to me, uh, yeah. that could have been caused by like a, a piece like a, of rock, piece. like the size of a. A pea or a grain of rice or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that's all the news I got. All right. Well, I got a little bit of news. Okay. Right. You, you know what? I didn't know. email you. Hold on just a minute. Let me email you because... At gmail.com. Thank you. Oops, I just told everybody Thank your email you. address. I'm going to erase that. <laughs> First, um, I, you, you remember the one that we did... With uh, when when Meatloaf died and uh, let's see, one of the grills uh, like sent yeah, out some kind of recipe. Like I, yeah. a barbecue meatloaf or something like that. Well, that was already set mm-hmm. to go out. Okay, that was completely forgivable. Well, um, <laughs> so there's a uh, I don't know what to call her. Um, so somebody named Kate Spade, who I don't really know who that is. Like a, a purse lady, uh, I thought. I don't know. A, a purse lady, maybe. I don't know. But back in 2018, so this is four years ago plus. Four yeah. years ago, maybe. She killed herself by hanging herself. So this company, Ultra Beauty, sent out a bunch of emails to promote a perfume that it, like, you know, how they'll name these different 
like lines of perfumes and makeups and that kind of stuff after yeah. somebody famous or whatever. So perfume uh, line that was, I guess, named for Kate Spade. And the message read, come hang with Kate Spade. <laughs> <laughs> she hanged herself. <laughs> Oh, man. Obviously, they're trying to figure out how to uh, unroll that backlash. <laughs> Next, did you say you're getting coffee? Oh, okay. I'm. I'm actually. I'm. I'm drinking beer tonight. Normally, I would not on a weeknight. I you were talking a lot. This whole. This whole row. Uh, Dobbs thing has me so yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like wow. <laughs> Um, okay, so <laughs> a thief stole a yard sign uh, that was a, uh, I guess the yard sign was a, a large A sign cheering the University of Alabama, and their getaway car was a lawnmower, one of those yard lawnmowers. <laughs> Just like a riding mower? That was their ghetto, and like a riding mower. A- yeah, like your your uh, <laughs> your Troy built um, riding mower or your Troy. But why did mower they? Or, or Tor- who would steal Tor- a Troy sign? Or Toro or whatever? Huh? Wait a minute. Why did they stole? I, I don't know. A the police department off of a sign. They stole that sign. Just the yeah. A, I think. And oh, was it just the a? yeah? And and they drove away in a riding mower. And the police department is asking people to help identify. It doesn't look hard. I mean, there's a picture of her. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I know there's a picture of she's her. She's got a mask on. I mean, what, she's, well, that must be it. He got the mask. I know, but protected. you could, if you saw this girl anywhere, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's her. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's her. Anybody who knows this person knows that this is the yeah. picture of her. <laughs> but she's like driving away from the. <laughs> The scene of the crime like, yeah, on a lawnmower, pulling I mean, a trailer this, this with, like, a, with an A in the back of it. With a big A in it. This is like one of those comedy movies. What, I just can't imagine. Was this person angry at... What is this? University I, you know, of Alabama. So... Was it like? Was this like one of those prank things? It had where, to be, you but know, I don't think this is a college girl. She doesn't look like a college girl. No, she looks a little bit older than that. Like a like a <laughs> local angry parent who's tired of all the drunk. I, I don't know. It's, I, it's <laughs> we have identified her. Uh, warrant signed. Do you know them? Please share. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem like they should have that much trouble locating this Oh, girl. my. Help us get our victims' stuff back. <laughs> What's funny is that a. stuff... Is, help, help us get our victims' stuff back, but stuff is in quotes. Yeah, stuff back. <laughs> this is so bizarre. <laughs> it's like, what is, is this? Is this a Facebook page of the uh, Alabama police? Uh, police of Flomation. Police department. I thought it was the police Facebook page. F- Flomaton Police. Flomaton. Oh, wait a minute. Flomaton the lawnmower. M-A-T-O-N. Uh, okay, here, here's the thing. All the stuff is stolen. Uh, the lawnmower is stolen. The trailer is stolen. <laughs> the items in the trailer, including the A, is stolen. 
Identity needed. So everything is <laughs> stolen. <laughs> hey, I think this person's great. The whole kit and caboodle is stolen. <laughs> we should have a shrine to this woman. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to keep my eye on, on I'm this one. I'm not sure, and, but I and, think uh, her arms got tattoos on them. It looks like it in the picture. Yeah, I know. It's like it looks like you could probably have some identifying remarks. Just, and the thing is, she was going slow enough that somebody was filming yeah, like her. People are walking by. <laughs> oh, hey, look! She's stealing stuff. Let me get my camera out and take a picture. Apple bottom jeans. <laughs> this is just bizarre. Everything here was stolen, and she's. Somehow not caught yet. And people photographed her, but nobody bothered to, like, stop her. (laughs) And it's just a freaking lawnmower. (laughs) You can imagine. You could just, like, walk. You could walk alongside it and follow her Someone calling the police. I'm with her right now. She's on a lawn. I swear you can get here if you hurry. (laughs) Come arrest her. She stole the A. And the lawnmower. And the lawnmower. <laughs> she probably stole that mask. Why didn't the police show up? I bet up? she stole that shirt, too. That's pretty stole her clothes. <laughs> she was naked when she started. <laughs> this is this is the new the new version of Lady Godiva. Yeah. That's something else. Okay. Alright, well that's weird. <laughs> that's a that's a real weird one. All right. Uh, let's see. Next. Uh, oh, hey, this is kind of interesting. So, anybody who has liked, as I have, the Wizard of Oz, uh, Dorothy Gale's dress uh, has been. I guess. Re- I guess it was missing for a long time. Well, then how? But somebody recovered how, it. How would they prove it then? How do, how do we know that? I don't part? know the the blue checker dress. How do you know that it's the real one? Yeah. But apparently it's been discovered and it's like up for auction. I wonder how much that's going to go for. But you know, somebody could re- watch that movie and produce a dress exactly yeah, like it. Certainly. That, There's got to be some know. kind it's, of it's, like it's DNA like, evidence that this is hers. You know, like hair on the... I don't know. How would you do it? One. It says one of the um, versions uh, that she wore, Judy Garland is the actress, yeah. of course... Um, was assumed lost at Catholic University of America. That's in Washington, D.C. Yeah. It had been given to someone in the drama department in the early 70s, but clearing out some office clutter last year, they found the dress in, they found the dress in an old shoebox. Oh, I know. So, now they're uh, selling That it. lady with the lawnmower stole it for all these years, and they finally oh, found that's it. that's what it that's was. That's why they were so interested in this woman with the lawnmower <laughs> stealing because she had the shoebox with the yeah. dress in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it says the the dress had originally been uh, initially been uh, given to Father Gilbert Hartke, who was then head of the university's drama mm-hmm. department in 1973 by actress Mercedes McCambridge. It's not clear how she came to have it, McCambridge. Um, Maybe so, she was. Kind of I, you know, I liked the movie The Wizard of Oz. I still like the movie The Wizard of Oz. So no, I saw it on the cool big screen. Me. Uh, really? In a like theater? One of the first dates that Vicky and I went on um, in Western Hills Theater, they used to have matinees 
and they would show old movies mm-hmm. like uh, Wizard of Oz, and we went and saw Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow, that's Did so you cool. ever do... That's, that's a movie that's made for the, the Dark Side screen. of Oz? No, that's not what it's called. No, I've not seen The Dark Side of Oz. Is that what you call it? The Dark Side of Oz? I can't remember now. I don't know what okay, you're talking you start, about. You start... Uh, you start by drinking a lot or smoking a lot or something like that and then you start the Dark Side of the Moon album by Pink Floyd on at a certain mm-hmm. point of Wizard of Oz and you gotta start it at the right spot oh and then and I've then you turn down that. the Wizard of is, Oz is and this, watch <laughs> is this something you discovered when we had that old old VCR that you could do the audio dub no this is something I discovered when during my party years that, you know... But you know, you we, we totally could do that with that old audio yeah, we did DVD. Yeah, we did all kinds of weird VHS. things, like, you know, messing with the, the uh, soundtracks and stuff like that. That was fun. Dan always had weird stuff at our house that nobody else had. Well, you know, when I told uh, my son about that, he was so fascinated by that very concept. Really? He went out and actually found on eBay various versions of v- VHS recorders that really? could do that. VCRs that could do that. And he's See, got I tell my kids here. things are like that and they're like, so what? It's called, yeah, it's called Adobe uh, Premiere or whatever, you know? <laughs> it's like, they don't care because that stuff is so easy nowadays. They don't get it. Come on, you don't get it. How yeah, cool back it then was. it was really cool that we could do this and we would make people sit and watch it and they'll be like, alright dude, I just don't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> Yeah. It was our little creation. Well, you know, the 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 fact that you went on that date uh, to see The Wizard of Oz it has me kind of jealous. Uh, back, uh, I forget what year it was, but it was the 35th anniversary of the original release of the first Ghostbusters. I actually, I, I, I you're going to think that I'm so stupid, even more so than you already do for this. I actually bought the tickets online because my wife said she had never seen Ghostbusters. Okay. And I was like, oh, you've got to see it in the theater. Okay? That's that's part of the okay. thing. So they had it at one of these theaters. I bought the tickets, and the day came, I forgot to go. I forgot to take her and go to wow. the movies with her and see that movie. Oh, man. I Here's have, the thing. You know, I still am so angry with myself for that. I going to the movies. I despise oh, I movies. I love going to the movies. I would do anything to get out of going to the movie. But when you're on a date, okay, well, it's next like time it you want matter, you know? If you have to take your wife on a date to the movies, let me go as your surrogate. I'll go to the movie right. part, and then I'll hand your wife All back right. off. I don't think she likes movies I either. love going to movies. <laughs> we were both on a date. We didn't know that the other person hated movies. <laughs> You know? So it's both like of you the, had to pretend to like, like it. Like the uh, gift of the Magi, you know? That's right, yeah. So we both acted like we liked it, and oh well. But we've been on, we've That's been to funny. three movies our entire life together. Uh, uh-huh. We won free tickets to um, <clears throat> the Star Wars when they brought, it wasn't Star Wars, it, it was uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And oh, okay. They, you remember when they re-released it with the uh, with the special effects and stuff? 
right before they came out with the, yeah. the three mm-hmm. new ones. Um, so we went and saw that, and then we saw Wizard of Oz, and then we saw uh, Mel Gibson's movie, uh, The Passion of Christ. And oh, okay. we're walking out of there, and I don't know. I'm just one of these people that when I see something that's supposed to be deep, and I, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me. It's, I think mm-hmm. about things and later, you know, get, gain yeah. introspective, uh, I'm not I just, with I, it doesn't mm-hmm. hit me right off the dot. So we're walking yeah. out of the theater and I'm just talking away and I'm, you know, talking about either aspects of the movie or whatever. And finally Vicky turns to me and she's like, will you keep your voice down? And I, <laughs> I look. Ra- I'm the only one talking because everybody's looking yeah, at everybody's you. Everybody's crying. Like, how can you talk after yeah, that? Most people have tears in their eyes, and I'm just walking around, chatting along. Yeah, like it's no big deal. It's like, have, have you ever seen um, the Naked Gun with Leslie Nielsen? I think I saw part of it. I don't remember. Okay, there's there's one like he meets the girl, and they're like going on their different dates, and they're they're playing the background song from that. That uh, that group, uh, what is it, the Hermits or something like that? I something tells me I'm into something yeah. good. Anyway, the the and and they're like showing them coming out of a movie theater, like kind of laughing and leaning on each other and all happy and gleeful and stuff. And and as they walk, the camera pans back and you see the movie that they showed was uh, like Platoon or oh, one of those okay. like like yeah war horror yeah. movies. <laughs> It's like the Seinfeld when... So uh, your description kind of reminded me of that. The Seinfeld when he and his girlfriend uh, couldn't get time together because their parents were staying with them. So they ended up going to Schindler's List. And <laughs> and they they made out in the middle of Schindler's List. In the middle of the And their movie. parents heard about it and got mad at them. So does Seinfeld, is he like Jewish in the in this show? Is. Because Seinfeld's yeah, a Jewish name, his, isn't it? His parents are okay. Jewish, I guess. And so, okay, so that makes know. sense. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like that. <laughs> That's what it was like. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, this last one is—it's uh, just kind of interesting. So these Americans went to Israel, and I guess they—they they went into the Golan Heights area, and they found a unexploded. What's being reported by all the news as a unexploded shell, an unexploded artillery shell. Now, I reached out to our brother Jason to find out if this is really a shell, which would mean that it has explosives inside like a bomb, versus is it just a basically a bullet, a, 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 you know, a large one, a slug. It looks more like a Based bullet. Based on the, the scale... Yeah. It that's the thing. It looks just like a bullet to me. It doesn't look like an it actual looks like shell. A large bullet, but based it, it, it looked ba- based on the scale because it's got it shows somebody's yeah. finger there in the picture. It's maybe about um, I don't know six inches long and inch and a half, two inches maybe thick. a foot. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't okay. look like a foot long. That looks too long. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, um, okay. Yeah, it does. It does look like a bullet. It doesn't look like a shell. That would explode. It looks like a something that would land. Did I lose you? So, yeah, just for a minute, I, I my phone fell on the floor and my uh, earphones okay. unplugged. So, but anyway, so these Americans found this thing and they walked through the airport with it. Now, 
I, I, why why they didn't put it in their checked luggage, I don't yeah. know. Um, but the thing is, they walked into the airport. Apparently, walking into the airport, everybody was like like running and like for cover and stuff like that. Now, shoot us. here's the thing: if you saw if you saw somebody like carrying something like this, it's like like let's say you're next in line behind yeah. them, and they they pass it through the thing, and they maybe they put it on the conveyor or something. Uh, I mean, you you see that you're seeing the yeah. picture of it. It just looks like a. Uh, is that gonna is that going to concern you even no, a little not bit? At all. I'm going to be like, oh, no, this like, thing got. Sh- yeah, hey, that's cool. Where'd wow. you get that? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but apparently, it sent a lot of people uh, like running and scrambling. Uh, the Israeli authorities kept the item. Jerks. I know that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> but let 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 the the people go because there obviously wasn't any kind of intent. They just thought they'd found a yeah, cool souvenir. Awesome. I would love that. So. Um, anyway, it, it's, uh, Israelis unfortunate that they were not be able to bring it home with them. Um, but you know what? The thing is, but they get a good story I, I have out to of say, it. here's the thing that, so they kept it, but you know, I think that the officials in other airports, and I actually, I can't even say that this isn't true of American airports. I think that sometimes maybe they're a little bit corrupt. And so this kind of cool souvenir it might not be, oh, we have to keep this and confiscate it because it's unexploded artillery. It might be, wow, that's really I think, cool. I yeah, want that's that. a, Let me confiscate I think that's it. exactly what it is. You know, the TSA, they basically hired, like, the bottom of the bottom of the people. You know? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're thugs. And you've got to think it's that way in other countries. They're not too. even good enough to be cops. Put it that way. They couldn't. Yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, exactly. they, they were out of work security guards. Academy. They couldn't even be mm-hmm. security guards, and we hired them to protect us on the air in, in the airplanes. It, it's idiotic. The whole thing is so stupid. We would have been better off just leaving it wide open and not worrying. Yeah, air about travel it. is such but, a joke. Um, the the you know, um, the the my son that I adopted from Russia. Uh, we brought into the United States. He was 12 at the time. And he had this, like, backpack that he liked to carry. But here's the thing. We never saw it again once we got to the United States. Well, I'm sure some Russian, yeah, exactly. Some some Russian luggage inspector looked at it and said, wow, hey, my kid would like this. And took it. Okay. Because what are you going to do? My wife told me that... To be an airport security guard, they have to be an air marshal for at least two years. I doubt that. Maybe that's the case now. But after 9-11... What do you mean by security? Like like the people that are at the security gates that look over your I guess luggage? So. Or much less, the ones that are working in the back that don't even look at your luggage where you can see, but look at the luggage that you yeah. checked that go into the hall? I don't think they have to be air marshals. Maybe there's a rule now that they do, but right after 9-11, they they would hire anyone at airport security. I remember, because I I was going to get a job. I bet you have to work security before you can be a a couple of years. Air marshal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That makes more sense. Maybe I'll look it up and try to find out by the next week. But your wife worked for Delta. I mean, she has some knowledge of that stuff. I don't know. 
So anyway, so these these uh, American, I, they they had a really cool. Uh, yeah, I gotta admit that is a really cool Maybe. souvenir. Too bad they couldn't bring it yeah. home with them. Well, they got a good story out of it though. <laughs> That's right, they do have a good story out yeah. of it. <laughs> anyway. All right. That's all the news I got. That's all the news we got time for. Okay. Um, I don't have a saint. Did you? If you want to do a saint, I can talk about Saint Philomena. Saint Philomena. Okay. Let's talk about Saint Philomena. All right. Okay. So Saint Philomena is a interesting saint in that not a whole lot is known about her life, and I think she's one of the few saints, maybe the only saint, where. Everything that's known about her life is known from, like, private revelations. Like, her appearing to people huh. and okay. telling them her life. Um, she was, she was duff, uh, discovered in a, uh, I mean, she, she only became known after she had died. She was discovered in a tomb, uh, it was uncovered in 1802 in the catacomb of Priscilla. Um, the, the tomb had like three stones that were misarranged. And apparently this was like a common thing back then to take the last stone and put it first or something like that. But once they were arranged in the right order, um, the inscription said, Pax Tecum Philomena, which is peace be with you, Philomena. Uh, in the tomb was also a, a vial of blood, uh, presumably her blood, which was common with martyrs. So what, what would the um, vial be made of? Uh, the vial itself might be glass or something like that. Okay. They had glass okay. back then. But um, what what's interesting about her blood is that, what, I mean, you know, it's all dried out. It's just like black flakes okay. by that time. But, yeah. You know, because this is a a early, a, um, like, I think first, like, like second or third century or something like that. Anyway, uh, when they uh, were subjected to sunlight, they would turn like a glittering gold or silver and shine with various colors and stuff which was which was unusual for blood even the blood that they would find among martyrs yeah. graves um so they took her to be not only a martyr but a possibly per, perhaps powerful martyr in terms of her you know potential intercession with god uh soon after finding her tomb her cult began to spread and many miracles were granted through her intercession. I don't have any like specific direct stories of those miracles. Okay. Um, anyway, after miracles started to be granted, she appeared to a sister Maria Luisa de Jesu, a Neapolitan nun. Uh, Neapolitan, I think, is like northern Italy. Um, and she appeared, St. Philomena appeared in a vision in 1833 and kind of gave her life story. And so from that vision, we find out that she was the daughter of a Greek king who converted to Christianity through a doctor from Rome named Plubius. Uh, Philomena's parents were childless, and when they converted from their pagan idolatry, they had a child that was Philomena. They named her Lumina, which meant light, reference to the light of faith, through which they believed, you know, the gift of a child had been granted to uh -huh. her. And on her baptism, they gave her na the name Philumina, which meant daughter of light. Phi is a Latin word for daughter. Okay. 
At the age of 13, Philumena made a, a vow of consecrated virginity. So she decided at that early age that she was not going to be married and have children. She was going to be a virgin for Christ. Her father traveled to Rome. Uh, to This is during the Diocletian persecution. Uh, to implore Diocletian, the emperor, about certain threats made to the small Greek state where where her father lived. And when he saw Philomena, he was kind of struck with her and stricken, I guess, with her. He decided he wanted to marry her. He told her father that the Greek state would have peace. All that was needed was that Philomena would be his wife. And Philomena told her parents that she could not consent to it because of her con- you know, vow of uh, consecrated virginity. Yeah. And her parents... Um, didn't agree with her. They thought, no, you need to go marry the emperor. Uh, who cares about your vow? And so forth. Um, they would even say words like, well, you were young back then. Too young to make a vow like that. You can't be held to that. Um, and he threatened terrible things against her uh, if she didn't do what he said. And eventually, um, you know, God's grace prevailed. She remained strong. She didn't give in. And because she wouldn't, you know, recount, recant her vow, her father tried to get the emperor to relent his, you know, yeah. insistence that she be his wife. Uh, well, the emperor wouldn't resist either, or wouldn't relent either. So eventually the father, following the emperor's command, brought her to the imperial chamber. Um, so now... Obviously, while she's on her way up there with her father, he's renewing his own anger towards her and everything because of her stance. Um, her mother also um, joined herself with her father, uh, trying to overcome her resolution. Uh, and they would go back and forth between, you know, being sweet to her and being mean to her, uh, everything to try to get her to comply. Um even appealing to, hey, you, you've got to think about your country. You've got to think about our country. You've got to think about our subjects, the citizens of our city, and so on and so forth. Uh, she, Philomena, answered, no, my virginity, which I have vowed to God, comes before everything, before you, before my country. My kingdom is in heaven. Uh, finally, her parents brought her to Diocletian. And since he couldn't get the emperor to relent... Uh, and Diocletian could not persuade her, he put her in prison. Uh, for 37 days, he subjected her to various tortures, each more painful than the previous. On the 37th day, Mary and Jesus together appeared to Philomena and told her that after three days more, which would be 40 days in all, she would leave this state of pain. During that vision, Mary assured Philomena that Gabriel himself, Mary's own angel, remember Gabriel's the one who announced to Mary that she would be the mother of God, would come to Philomena's aid in the coming days. Philomena was scourged um, at the order of Diocletian to mimic the scourging of Christ. He said that since she preferred Christ as a spouse, uh, she should be scourged like her spouse. Um, And during this scourging, we see this in so many of the other saints, how like, divine intervention it's like we're going to intervene to prevent you from being able to um 
die. To escape your pain. Yeah. Well, she was not permitted to lose consciousness during this scourging. I, You know, people, when they are scourged, the pain is, is so bad from being whipped that often they will lose consciousness. And then it's like, well, okay, the rest of the scourges, it's like you just keep scourging them so that when they wake up, they'll, they'll have to go through that much more pain during their healing and stuff. Well, she was not permitted to lose consciousness. But back, that night back in the prison cell, two angels appeared and healed her uh, scourge wounds with what she referred to as a soothing balm. Um, Diocletian was surprised at her recovery, but he attempted to convince her that it was because he sent Jupiter, the Roman <laughs> god, to heal her, which yeah. obviously is stupid. Uh, when he couldn't persuade her, he ordered that an anchor be tied to her neck and she was thrown into the Tiber. Two angels came, perhaps the same two from the previous night, and unfastened the chain and carried her to the shore. Many of those who were pagans saw this and converted to Christianity. Uh, after that, Diocletian attempted to credit her survival to secret magic and had her dragged through the streets and shot with arrows. Again, during this ordeal, she was not permitted to faint. And when it was over, he ordered the guards to carry her back to the dungeon. Um, during this transport, finally, with, with the ordeal being over, she was granted the gift of a deep sleep. And when she woke, she was completely healed well, again. 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 I, got, I mean, come How on. How many times do I got to be martyred? <laughs> exactly. Okay, the next morning, uh, Diocletian was obviously um, angered, and he commanded his guards to shoot her through with arrows again. Here, this was interesting, the guards were not able to hit their target. Um, she thought, he, uh, Diocletian thought she must have been using magic, um, so he ordered the arrows to be made in a furnace. I guess there was a belief back then that, that you could overcome magic by heating something up real hot. Uh, thinking that the fire would destroy the magic. Okay. And so he told the archers to aim for her heart. Um, I guess there were like, like a number of archers all, you know, like, like a firing range. You got a bunch of people all together. So you don't know which bullet actually yeah. killed the person. Well, all the arrows that were shot at her turned around seemingly of their own accord back towards the ones who, uh, shot them. Six of them were killed. And others of the archers, along with several of those who were just observing, converted to Christ because of that. Uh, finally, Diocletian ordered her to be beheaded. Uh, and of course, that's the end. I, I wonder, is there any saint who was cured from a beheading? I don't think there was. No, I don't think so. I think that that's usually the final yeah. step. Anyway, um, so she is today, as as far as I can tell, she's the only saint whose canonization is based entirely on the miracles that were attributed her, to her because her life is known only through a private revelation. Uh, she's the patron saint of infants and babies and youth, often depicted in her youth with a uh, flower crown, a, a palm of mar I guess the palm branch uh, implies martyrdom, and arrows or an anchor. Sometimes both arrows and an anchor. Yeah. Um, because of, obviously, because of the things that um, she was forced to undergo. Now, I'm going to give a personal story about Philomena. So, first, my daughter's name is Philomena. And uh, when we moved to Michigan, um, there was a, a, a local parish 
Catholic school, the, the parish was St. It was Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit Parish. And they had a school that they were trying to get going. And they had reached the point where they had, you know, 74 students. Now, they had been praying very hard and they decided to adopt St. Philomena as their patroness. And particularly, they had made a sort of decision that if they could reach 75 students by this particular time, then they would take that as a sign that God wanted them to keep moving forward and they would keep building yeah. the school. Well, my two children, Charlie and Philomena. Philomena, were student numbers 73 and, I mean, 74 and 75. Oh, that's, that's They something. had been praying to St. Philomena for their 75th student, and it was a Philomena. And how many Philomenas do you know? <sighs> I, I only don't know, know one. any Philomena's. The the only additional Philomena I know is somebody who who worked at Harmon, um, who is from India. Philomena is actually a fairly common name in India among Indian Catholics in India. She eventually went to Mercy High School, which was supposed to be a Catholic high school that wasn't really Catholic. But uh, but this school that was an still amazing exist? story. Uh, you know what? That's a good question. Let me. Oh, well. I don't see the school, though. Okay. Well, anyway, it's still a good story. All right. Well, it's still got, a good story. We've got one more person to add to our list of pro-lifers in Cincinnati that uh, oh, was okay. uh, handed to me. Uh, Tom Lanter. Do you know him? Tom Lanter. Apparently, uh, he, was no. a, he was a former math teacher, but he's got really bad arthritis. But he goes to the, uh, he goes to the helper's mass every week. Um, and he goes, whenever we need pro-life signs to be put up, he goes everywhere. Oh, he goes to like to local convert. businesses and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't think I, I have been aware of Tom Lantern. No, okay. I heard that name well, before. uh, there's a well, honorable mention there of Tom Lantern, uh, and thank him for all of his work with the pro-life community. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that's all we got. Okay. I think we're ready to say goodnight. That's all I've got. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think it would be that long a podcast. Yeah, I didn't either. But once you start drinking, Danny, you never stop talking. <laughs> you know, you can cut some stuff out. <laughs> Make some rules. I have no idea if I'm saying stuff that is like, you know, and you're thinking back, what are you talking about? <laughs> so feel free to cut stuff out. You have out. no idea. I cut out half of your stuff. <laughs> if you're drinking, it's yeah. only if you're drinking. It's like, all right. Well, I'm, I am, I am raising a glass tonight. You know that because of the whole. <laughs> you watch the Monk series, right? Yes, absolutely. It's one of my favorites. There's that neighbor of his who who ended up dying, which I wish he hadn't died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the guy upstairs. He would just start talking about something. And he'd be like, "Well, actually, <laughs> on, yeah, off into a that was my third place that I lived. The first two places that I lived were this and that, things like that." And I'm like, "All right, I can cut this yeah. out. I can cut this out." Is that what I do? Yeah, when you're drinking. Oh well. The audience doesn't know that. <laughs> you know what? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta produce one. It's like maybe produce them in pairs. Okay, here's the normal one. 
and here's the uncut. <laughs> it's like six hours long. <laughs> and see, see what our see what our listeners uh, prefer. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, think about what we said, and as always, circle the beads, everyone. Especially now, we are so close. Yeah, we're really close. Keep praying. All right. Bye, everyone. Baby, I got this morning.